yeah so sorry with these when you put them on it's like I, have, have you done a podcast I before? have actually done one before oh, um, but it wasn't about me it was about Love Island <laughs> oh my god yeah the, her.ie had like a, some kind of yeah Love Island like review kind of show and oh right okay I was obsessed with Love Island so I went on and did an episode like talking about Last, like last how much you loved it and all yeah, yeah. just and de- debriefing about the last night's episode yeah yeah oh deadly mm. uh, love love island such oh, a guilty pleasure hello and welcome to the beauty of truth podcast where i speak to guests about their careers industries and lives and everything in between we aim to shed a truthful light on their industries allowing our guests to tell their stories about what they wanted how they got there and how it's going i am your host and makeup artist robin byrne and on this week of the beauty of truth podcast i am speaking with neve Devereaux, deputy editor of vip magazine Neve's story is one of hard work, determination and finding self-love. And in a generation of, excuse me, but snowflakes, Neve tells me how she grafted her way to the top, going from working in the Enniscorty Echo to being chosen to interview Meghan and Harry on their visit to Dublin, to now being the deputy editor of VIP magazine. She tells us how her magazine has survived and is now thriving through a pandemic. But Neve is a breath of fresh air. We talk and dissect about current affairs such as Meghan and Harry's interview, H&M launching an optimistic collection in a time of cosy clothes, and the battle of trust in men at present in the media. Neve, although now in a loving relationship, shares her story of being trapped in an emotional draining and emotionally abusive relationship, and shares the story so that she inspires women to leave if they feel that that's what they need to do. I was honoured that Neve decided she wanted to tell her story on the Beauty of Truth podcast and I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Oh and before we get into it, this podcast is recorded and produced at Primal Productions Studios and you can find them on Instagram at Primal Pro. Welcome to the Beauty of Truth. Neve, thank you so much for joining the Beauty of True podcast this week. Thank you for having me. I'm just so excited to talk to someone other than my dog and my boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's so nice. I use this. This is my escape. I bet. Like, absolutely. I leg it out the door. <laughs> and the only, only time I put on makeup, so... It's actually, it's so nice to have an excuse to put on makeup now. Oh, isn't it? And sometimes I don't even need an excuse. Like, I'll just put it on to go around the house in my, like, sweatpants. But it just feels good to do it properly and just feel that glam again. Okay. Like, I will go around the house looking like a foot and <laughs> just catch myself in the mirror and think, do you know what? Just put on a bit of eyeliner. You'll feel better. Yeah, yeah. I'm mascara. Is that is eyeliner your go-to? Yeah, I actually have quite long eyelashes, so I yeah, can get away with out mascara, which I like. I'm not trying to, you know, be big-headed or anything, but I no, just no, can get oh, away without nah. mascara. But eyeliner, I think, changes the shape of the eye and just makes you feel that bit glam. And then the lip color as well, just instantly, just makes you feel, I think, you yeah, know, a little bit yeah, that you're not put like together, little uh, dehydrated, you know, <laughs> like <I'm laughs> horrible lips. But I, I see, I've no eyelashes, mm. and I recent thank. God, in between lockdowns, got free brows because I have no eyebrows. Yeah, and I feel like when you've no eyebrows, like you just don't look. I, I look old pictures awful. of me with my non-existent eyebrows haunt me. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what I thought I was doing yeah. going out in public with these just like invisible <laughs> brows because I, I have I've dark hair and I I'm have, the same. Yeah, yeah, but I just I had overplucked them obviously as everyone had when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. So there was barely anything left. They were really sparse, but obviously didn't know 
you know, the existence of uh, brow pencils yeah. or any kind of brow product. So I just used to go out with them just naked. I know, I know. But now I kind of, I would, I would kind of, you know, fill them in to a certain extent, but I really like the kind of, um, you know, kind of flicked individual hair look. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like laminated brows to a certain extent. I don't like when they're totally brushed up, oh, but I like, they're I like crazy the crazy actually. Yeah. They? I like kind of recreating that at home just by using the bit of soap, soap brow and then um, a little bit of brow pencil and then just a kind of product like um, Bare Minerals have one that um, has a little bit of pigment in it and then also encourages hair growth. So oh. I've been using that lately to kind of just make them grow as much as they can. Because oh, okay. I do like, I do like full Full brows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've lovely brows. They're lovely Thank and you. full. I have literally <laughs> They weren't none. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> They've come a long way. Yeah, you, me and the nation. Um, But I got I got the fee because I have, like, I've just no growth. Yeah. Like, it, I didn't overpluck. I didn't. Mm-hmm. They literally just didn't grow. So I got the fee and then I, I'm the same. Just a bit of brow yeah. gel and a bit of pencil. I don't like like a heavy, heavy yeah. brow, but I, I need something. Microblading's and great as well. I tried that uh, about three years ago. Oh yeah, I think that's similar to It's Fee, similar, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was more, it was the, again, the flicks. The strokes. The strokes of hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thank God for all these inventions. <laughs> or we'd all be feet walking around. <laughs> um, but let's get into it. So um, thank you again for joining me. I know that you're, you're a busy woman as deputy editor of VIP magazine. But for anyone who doesn't know like who is Neve? how did you get to where you are do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself yeah of course so I I'm from from in Scorthy in County Wexford and I went to school in Clasher Breed and I always knew that I wanted to write for a living like there was nothing else in my mind that I wanted to do so I kind of thought maybe I'd write a book or and maybe I will someday but I, I didn't really know where I could focus my you know passion for writing into a career um, and then i just decided journalism was the way to go. So that was the only thing I had in my CEO was just journalism in all different uh, colleges around the country. But I got my first choice in DCU. So I, yeah, went up to DCU and um, I'm not going to lie, I was a complete messer in college. Like, I would not have been the person that you'd looked at and thought, she's going to succeed. You know, she's going to do well in her career. Because I was just, I just loved having fun in college. I loved socialising. And it was really only when... I kind of, you know, the final year when, you know, we had our thesis and we had our work placement that I really kind of started to, you know, fully take everything seriously and kind of see, you know, the potential I had for this career. Um, So, you know, I did my work placement in the Herald newspaper. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so it was a three-month placement and... I, it was actually me and two other um, friends of mine from my course that got that uh, that particular placement. And I got the short end of the stick because I was in for the first shift in the morning at like 6 a.m. And they got to stroll in later on in the day and oh, just, so just <laughs> had like like college parties or whatever. Oh, they were they were not they happening were at that point. I, I, oh, I, really? I suddenly went from like social butterfly to like granny. Because <laughs> oh, I, had, I had to be in at like I had to get up at what, five in the morning to be in for the first uh, edition. But, um, you know, I kind of was thrown into um, the entertainment type of uh, article. Um, so I'd write about all kinds of celebrity news or showbiz news. And sometimes they send me out on like assignment for the most random things. Um, I remember they sent me out on a story about Kate Middleton's uh, heels, the court nude heels that she used to wear and how they had increased the sales. Of yeah, other women going out and buying the same shoes as Kate Middleton. So they sent me out to Henry Street to go into I think Corky's and oh, yeah. pose in the middle of Henry Street with the two heels side by side by my head. 
like for photographs no. for the for the Herald for the photographer. Herald. Yeah. So I wasn't just writing. I had to get in all these really embarrassing photos. <laughs> and the two lads just got to write, you know, their articles, whatever. And then it was just me in the paper beside their articles with shoes beside my head or whatever. So, uh, oh yeah. My God. I had to, I had so they to... just like really used your place. And they were like, we're going to get, we're yeah. going to make the most oh, of this chick. They got their worth with me. Yeah. But no, um, it was great. It got great experience. And, um, you know, I learned a lot on that job. Um, and it kind of, you know, being in a newsroom was exciting because you could see people working to deadline and if anything breaking happened, you could see them rushing to get it done in time. And it was it was a great kind of environment to kind of learn the ropes in. Um, and they kept me on for a bit after that. Uh, oh, brilliant. Like after I finished my placement, they kept me on as a bit of a freelancer. Um, for some reason, they kept getting me to do um, like sports related uh, celebrity kind of content. So I would go to like Croke Park, um, GAA matches you can tell by the way I'm speaking that I'm not a sports person yeah. um, I would go to those matches and at the end of the game I'd like talk to people about you know the, the result or whatever didn't know what I was doing I was completely bluffing it so yeah I just I feel like that was a lot of the beginning was just kind of you know going along with it and just figuring it out as you kind of went along yeah because isn't there that kind of feeling that like journalists at the beginning they just like you'll you kind of will do Oh, yeah. Whatever you need to do. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And that kind of ties into what I did next, which was I went back home to Inniscorthy and I took up a job in the local newspaper called the Inniscorthy Echo. So I was junior reporter at the time. And like I started off just doing, you know, articles about a dog show in Rathnor or whatever. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, little yeah. pieces and stuff like that. But as time went on, I was obviously given more responsibility. And within, I think, a year or so, I was um, promoted to senior reporter. Which was which meant I basically covered all the news in the town and any of the like you know areas around it. So it was actually a lot of pressure because I had to have a front page story every single week for my hometown, as well as like all the other content in the paper. Yeah, um, yeah. You know the, the the so there was Wexford News, New Ross, and Gorey. They'd kind of all fill the paper as well, but it okay. was mainly the Inniscorthy version was mainly obviously Inniscorthy News. So I was kind of responsible for all that. So I'd cover um, courts. So I'd go up to the um, court every week and write down... Who's carrying you know, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the scandal, all the nosy curtain yeah. twitchers we look it out for yeah. anyone oh, with the new. Yes, I love this. Um, yeah, and then I'd be doing like local politics. Um, I would cover, you know, any kind of just general news that was going on in the town. And sometimes you'd really struggle with filling it, you know, in terms of the front page because... You, Kind of struggling for something. Well, yeah, because like only so much happens yeah. in in small Irish towns. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I, I, some and you, you know, every Monday we had to you know have it filed. So some Monday mornings I'd go in with no front page, and I'd literally be like, Dad, like, will you ring the local school? Like, ring a bomb threat or something to the local school? Like, oh. get, help me out here. Oh like, my I, God. I don't have anything. So I remember one time and actually. Sorry, how old would you have been then? Uh, I was twenty, twenty one. Wow. Yeah, it was quite young, actually, when yeah. you look back. Oh, my God. That kind of pressure. Because yeah. I actually feel like there was more pressure on me then than there is now in my current job because it was it really was a struggle trying to f- get a weekly front page for <laughs> a yeah. small town. It was. so, And then as well, it was actually quite tough being that age and being the reporter for the local town because, you know, you knew everyone. And say I'd go out nights out and people would come up and be like, oh, you're only talking to us for a story and, you oh, know, giving me a slagging. And I was just like, oh, God, just... It's it's a funny one like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, because I I actually that's what I was going to ask you. You know, 
were people in the town like wary of then? Oh God, what yeah. they would say to you, or, or I don't even or think it was nosy, that because they're like she knows everything. Yeah, like if they'd kind of it was more slagging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they'd, they'd just be like, oh yeah, here's the journal kind of thing, and um, so uh, you know, towards the end, I think I was nearly there three years. But towards the end, I actually, I did get a taste of kind of what I really wanted to do in terms of my writing and my journalism career when Brooklyn, uh, the movie, came to Inniscorthy to film. Oh, so, right. Because yeah. I obviously I'd been doing quite like hard news and it wasn't really for me. And I knew that like I knew I wanted to do more kind of light hearted kind of writing like that was. And, you know, I always loved magazines, always Kiss, Stellar, like all those magazines were like my staples. So it was really that that I wanted to go towards. Yeah. Um. So I started like bringing little bits of magazines into the newspaper. Like I would do a style column. I would do like a beauty column. I would, you know, have this Twitter column where I'd like talk about something that happened that week and bring all the best tweets about it. And so I started bringing all these oh, little yeah, magazine elements good. into the paper. Yeah. And then uh, Brooklyn came to the town and Sir Ronan and Don Gleeson were filming and they kind of transformed the streets into 1950s style and had all the camera crews and it was exciting. And I was like, oh, this is, you know. This is paper gold. (laughs) Yeah, so I I managed to get an interview with Saoirse and it was exciting. It was like, okay, this is something I'd love to do because it's just fun and it's exciting. And so I was there for nearly three years and um, I was getting a little bit weary of you know, record, reporting on the local tragedies and stuff like that. Even that was it was just really hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it wasn't really for me. I think I, I have a thick skin in some ways, but I just, I, I just wasn't really cut out for that kind of constant doom and gloom. Yeah, of it's the a news. bit dreary. Yeah, it's yeah. A certain person that can kind of handle it, I think, and compartmentalize. You know. Yeah, that I've written that story. Now yeah. I can go on about. My I would day. take it personally, and I would like get upset about anyone that I wrote about that. You know, something horrible had happened. Like it would just take its toll on me. So I think I'm quite a sensitive. Like I have a lot of empathy, and I think it just hard news was not for me, and I knew that. So yeah. towards the end, I um, I saw an ad for Stellar magazine, deputy editor, and I knew I wasn't qualified for it at the time. So. I kind of had a moment of, well, is there is it worth applying for? And then I just thought, just go for it, like just apply for it, and who knows, you know, they might see something in your application. And I ended up, obviously, I didn't get that, but I, they saw something in my application, like I had hoped, and offered me um, an interview for an online editor of the new VIP magazine website. hadn't even launched yet, so I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so interviewed, got it, and I. Within like within weeks, I just moved up to Dublin on my own. Um, moved in with this uh, stranger and just started um, working in this you know brand new environment that I was absolutely buzzing to be in because it was what I always wanted. You know, I always wanted to work in a magazine. Like I always read them religiously and just to actually be in that you know space where there was all these amazing women and men as well making you know these magazines three magazines in our office um VIP Stellar and TV Now so they're all within the VIP publishing and yes yeah, so I started off uh just building this website before it launched and it was just me on my own at that point oh my god yeah <laughs> there was no you've team. really been thrown in the deep end a few <laughs> times haven't you I think yeah you kind of have to be I think sometimes though because it's it's when you're thrown in the deep end that you you know Learn to swim, not to be cliched, but like you no, kind of no, just, no, it is. It is yeah. the best way to learn, in in my opinion, as well. Yeah, you just kind of it just it doesn't happen that often to some people. I, yeah, <laughs> well, maybe not, but I yeah, I, I didn't really. I kind of relished the challenge because I I wanted yeah. 
new challenge for so long that I was kind of like, okay, you know, this is, you know, a lot of pressure, but also it's exciting. So I kind of um, prepared loads of articles before it went live and then we went live and uh, it was received really well. And uh, just every day then was kind of, you know, writing to basically get views. So you had to be really clever about how you package the stories what kind of stories do you think people would actually click on without being clickbait? You know, so it was kind of like yeah, figuring all yeah. that out. And then obviously scheduling all for social media as well. So making sure that it went up on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and scheduling then for the evening again. So it was it was fairly full on. But then uh, Michelle, who's the current editor, um, online editor of VIPmagazine.ie, she came on board and it kind of started to expand then. And now it's doing great. Like the online team um, are, you know, killing it. So um yeah, but I, I, I think a year in that job, um, I, a print opportunity opened up in the magazine. And that's what I always wanted to do. Like, I, I was delighted to be on the online team, but, but you wanted I to wanted be involved to be in print because in print, it's just what I always, it was my goal. So I went for it and I got it and I joined the magazine team then. And so I was part of the, you know, process of actually compiling all the content for the magazine from the photo shoots and the interviews um, to news, all that sort of stuff. So exciting. Oh, I was absolutely cloud nine. Just couldn't believe yeah. that this was happening to me because it was kind of just like I had, you know, I, I hate when people talk about like, you know, manifesting things and they become reality because I think actually it's hard work and putting yourself out there that makes it happen. But I had manifested this idea of this happening and suddenly I was living the reality of it. So yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing you say because I think, there's a misconception of, you know, I seen a thing recently on in, uh, someone on Instagram. They were like, I manifested that it would be sunny tomorrow. And I woke up and it's sunny. And I'm like, please help. Like no. your manifesting <laughs> didn't bring us sun. And we won't even get into, you know, how that that's feels created. like in Mean Girls when she feels her boobs and she's like, I think it's a 60% yeah. chance of raining. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like literally the exact same thing. So I read it and I was like, oh, OK, whatever. But I I think with the with the man, like with the interesting thing you've said there is that it is about hard work is that actually what I was going to say what mm -hmm. I was going to say to you is that when you look at like I think it's really important for sometimes especially a younger generation and maybe people who are you know um, have goals to be journalists that even makeup artists whatever it might mm -hmm. be sometimes you have to do this kind of I don't want to call it a slog. But no you it's have a graft. To, it's a graft. Yeah. You have to do the jobs that you don't really Absolutely. want to do. But it's gonna get you somewhere else, and you have to you have to do them, and you have to do them well. Yeah. Um. And then it does lead on to something else because I think like kind of, and I hate you know I hate naming the generation, but like a snowflake generation mm -hmm. feel that I, just I'm owed it. If I manifest it, I'm owed it. They're in their dream job, but yeah, actually, you know, in my experience, like you you have to kind of build your way up, and you have to put in the the years of doing the jobs that maybe aren't what you envisioned as you know, what you would do when you finish your degree or whatever. But yeah, exactly. They, they you know, create um, skill set that you need. And, you know, you build up resilience, you build up all these life skills as well by putting in all that time and effort into a job that, you know, is a bit of a slog for you. But, you know, yeah. And you I learn think a lot. there being a ladder, you know, like that 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 um that idea of like there's a ladder there that mm -hmm. you know you do it step by step and you do each step well and you put the graft in and you but I think some people feel like it should be an elevator now. Like <laughs> I should just press the button and I'm and I'm there. Yeah. I, why why well, I just I have a journey like uh, you know, for example, like well, I'll give you a good example, like when we sometimes in Mac like you would hire people and 
and not specifically in Mac, but I think some people now they do a makeup course mm-hmm. and they're like expecting to go out and do, for example, brides. Mm-hmm. But bridal work is like that's a graft. Yeah. Like that's a really That's building your reputation over years. Massively. Kind of thing. I didn't do a bride, I don't think, for three or four years yeah. of being a makeup artist. And the first one I did, Elaine Cruz, who's actually on the first episode, lent me her kit. I didn't even, do you know, like I didn't, that wasn't even built up. Like yeah. there is a graph, there is understanding. And, and I building think, trust. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think it's brilliant that your story starts off with, you know, that you're really honest and open that like I did it, it was really tough. It mm. wasn't for me, but I did it. Yeah. And exactly. it got me to where I where I am now. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't regret any of the time because there were times that I would leave the Echo office and I'd kind of get into my car and I'd just be like, you know, I'd be upset because I was thinking I just don't want to do another week of having to do this job because, I, you know, I did learn loads and I don't regret anything from it, but it was getting to that point where it was really taking its toll on me um, in terms of, as I said, the, the tragedies and the difficult stories, the kind of it was depressing at times you know yeah, like news yeah. is depressing you know and there's all there's always that journalism kind of logo of it bleeds it reads and basically what that means is if it's bad news people will lap it up so that's the that's the kind of fact about um journalism and like you know it is it's a important vocation i think is the term for journalism it's a vocation and if you're not cut out for the hard news then you know it's it's going to take uh, a emotional toll on you and it did for me so I knew for me personally magazines was just always where I wanted to be at and you know because I love I love that kind of um platform for providing women with the escape from just the mundanities of life and you know just that pretty uh fun just light-hearted read but also there's you know um stuff with meaning in there too like there's you know we always make sure that we have a real balance in the magazine that it's escapism but also you know highlighting things that are important for women to read about and talk about and so yeah that's kind of what I really wanted to achieve and I was so happy when it finally started happening for me after all those kind of years of doing the stuff I didn't want to write about um but yeah so and then I was in the um magazine for I think another year before the editor left and um so the deputy editor, actually, Bianca, who's amazing. She's our editor now. She took over the editor position. She'd been in the magazine for years. Um, and then, the obviously, the deputy editor position was open. So I applied for it and I got it. And suddenly I was deputy editor um, of a national magazine. I was like, what? Yeah, incredible. You're like, uh, I was writing it for Enniscorty Echo. <laughs> and I'm the, like, it's huge. Yeah. It's uh, a massive, massive achievement. I was just chuffed and I... Um, you know, it was kind of a little bit more involved then and obviously other aspects of the magazine. Like I, I took over the beauty section as well, which was something I was obviously thrilled about because yeah. I just love makeup. I love skincare and just getting to write about it as part of my job was a dream. So, um, yeah, and just we have another team member then that joined a little bit later, Elle. So there's three of us now, me, Bianca, Elle, and it's very much team effort, you know. We're so very it's close. It's not like Devil Wears Prada. It is not like the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> like, no. Because I know uh, so many people, like, just envision after seeing... And that's now... Isn't that on... Um, 
what did I it's on Disney it is came, it yeah because I actually this is terrible like I've only I only watched it for the first time a few weeks ago oh really and then I knew that we were doing this so I was like I wonder if VIP <laughs> is like this okay maybe it's like that in New York yeah 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 I just don't think you can get away with that kind of stuff in Ireland like it just won't be put up with you know yeah so, yeah no, it's good it's great to know that that culture yeah. doesn't exist no it's it's like everyone in our office from the you know so it's me Bianca L and the editorial side Rebecca is our commercial editor director and then Carl is our designer so Carl has to put up and Carl is like this you know Liverpool jersey wearing heavy metal listener that designs oh, the magazine having to put up with all of us but and then we have obviously Stellar and TV now and all of us just get on so well and we have like back in you know pre-COVID days in the office we'd have so much crack together because working in a magazine um it just it can be mental yeah <laughs> like, yeah I can imagine you know because PRs drop in all this kind of mad stuff into the office so for example once we had a Shukra the sugar company um uh they had some kind of uh, new launch and they brought in a ballerina to dance around the office to the sugar plum fairy no stop it uh, what has that got to do with so anything? everyone everyone was just kind of like there. working away and like so, you know some <laughs> some people were actually really busy so they were kind of just like looking up really awkwardly or another time we had uh, Tato Park ballerina I know. Like that know. poor ballerina. Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh um, but then another time, Tato Park had um, their Halloween... Um, yeah, promotion. Promotion. Whatever, yeah. And a load of zombies just ran into the office. And like, we're literally running around. And I think they actually terrified Vicky, um, the editor of Stellar, <laughs> like properly like traumatised her. Oh my because God. they cornered her in her Stop office. And they were just like it. screaming like proper zombies. Um, so yeah, just, it was such a case of uh, no two days are the same, you know, when I was... In the office in the with office, them. Yeah, fun. Yeah. Like fun really, and exciting. Really yeah. fun. And, you know, like as I said, I actually don't think that my job right now is stressful because I actually just compare it to the stress I used to feel with a weekly newspaper. And I'm like, we have a month to put this together. Uh, the team is a small team of women who are, you know, friends, essentially. And it just, I, I, feel, I feel really lucky to kind of be part of that, you know? Yeah, so. that's amazing. That's amazing. And then in terms of putting a magazine together mm-hmm. so you're talking about office life how in the name of god do you put a magazine together during covid and yeah are you counted actually like can you can you use your office well yeah we uh i don't media like you is we okay are, yeah i uh, i think we're advised to work from home if you can yeah so, yes yeah, so and the fact that we can made it work yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so the fact that we can it's like well why put yourselves at risk you stay at home kind of thing so we actually at first I was like I thought exactly the same as yeah, you yeah like your photo shoots and all because yeah. you just have a, a different like a like a different kind of Irish woman most of the time yeah. as your yeah, as your exactly. cover girl yeah such. we have four photo shoots every month oh four, right yeah okay, yeah so okay. every every month we, we do four uh, exclusive interview or photo shoots and interviews and that's kind of the base of the magazine right but um, yeah so I, I when COVID was first announced and we had to do lockdown. I was like, okay, how are we going to actually put this together from home? Because we have the server in the office that we always used. And that was kind of where all the, co- the content was put Went on. To, and yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like a cloud system. And it, I just didn't know how we'd manage to do that it, collectively yeah. from home. But we ended up using Dropbox um, for business. The best thing And ever. it's brilliant. And it's, it's actually just like the server. So we, yeah, we actually have been... So you've just put a server out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry, server. Yeah. But no, it's it's actually so flawless in, in terms of what 
it's like to put it together from home. I didn't think it would be this easy, and it is. Um, and then our photo shoots can still go ahead because it is deemed yeah, as, it's allowed. Uh, yeah, 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 it's allowed. So I've worked on a so, few. Yeah. But we do it very socially distant, obviously. Oh, I hate saying that, sorry. Socially distant, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we, we you know, have um, masks on at all times other than the person who's getting the picture taken, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's kind of staggered arrival times. So, like, the hair will arrive and then an hour later the makeup will arrive and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, like, I just did a shoot a few weeks ago with Sheila Shoga. In, oh, I love her. She's amazing. And her podcast is great, actually. Oh, my God, I love her podcast. Yeah. I love it. She's so genuine. Do you know what she's got? I must be giving her great listens. She's got a sleep meditation episode on that. And I <laughs> listen to it every... It's, it's a seven-minute. Really? And I'd say she's like, this one is great. <laughs> yeah. My listens are yeah, going through the her roof. Stats. She's just like, okay, yeah. she's, in, she's in there again tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, it's so but, good. Yeah, so we did a shoot in Clifford Lines, and we did it all outside. And that's obviously great another thing yeah, yeah that you can do so yeah. we've been able to make the photo shoots happen we do the uh, interviews then over the phone um, you know afterwards and then just in terms of the other content it's just still business as usual you know like we've kind of been adapting the content in that we want to make it more relatable to people like when I'm writing my beauty pages now I'll be kind of more focused on skincare because you know we're not really wearing as much makeup obviously so yeah and it needs to be it does need to be relatable I have a friend who's um in marketing she's in fashion and she was like, Robin, this has been so difficult. Yeah, because fashion is definitely yeah, a more Yeah, nobody's aspect. wearing, you know, like, this is a, one thing with fashion. I've seen, you know, H&M. The, just about to say it to you. The, yeah, yeah, this, what is it, the Simone, uh, the, the, I the just, new collection. I can't remember, I can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. the name. Everyone will know what we're talking about anyway. And beautiful clothes. Yeah. And I want to buy it all. But mm-hmm. I have absolutely no reason or excuse nope. to spend that kind of money. And I I feel like all the bloggers and influencers were given it. And yeah. it's like everywhere. Mm-hmm. But why? Like, I just thought it's such a strange time. I to saw that. Collection. And I saw it on Twitter. Someone was like, but where are you going to wear these dresses? And then someone replied, it's called optimism. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, called, I, yeah. you know, hope for the future. But so I personally haven't been buying clothes other than cozy clothes and so we've been kind of reflecting that in the magazine like Elle is our fashion editor and she's been you know pulling together really cute I love that her name's Elle and she's a fashion editor I know it's like reminds me of like Lee Blonde (laughs) and she is blonde as well so Um, yeah Elle is amazing and she uh, pulls together like really nice uh, like cozy you know loungewear pyjamas but also she does have that sprinkle of optimism as well yeah because I mean what to look forward to you know yeah yeah and just to have nice clothes to look at as well, you know, like you might not necessarily want to buy them right now, but, you know, you might kind of get some ideas. Yeah, like yeah. in magazines and all, I do understand it. I just have from like, uh, yeah. uh, from H&M's point of view, and I do and I love the optimism, that's all great. Now, I just, but my, I have to be honest. And it was when I first sold seen out. It, like it sold literally out. the website crashed. I yeah. actually went on just for curiosity. Yeah, same, I went yeah. on as well. Yeah, and I saw I the, like, you know, you can't get in like, Please wait, and I was like, no, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not waiting, and I sit don't around have waiting for an hour. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I um, I seen Jodie Wood, the influencer, had like the most amazing dress, and I mm. was like, and in my head, I was like, I do have a wedding next year. And mm. I was like, no, but I'll buy it. And I'll hate it by next year or exactly. whatever. Um, but I do think that that that's difficult. So you've really just adapted though to yeah, to just do. just to kind of I didn't want like I think the yeah team 
ideas that we didn't want people reading and thinking oh, you know this isn't applying to my life at all at the minute yeah, but at the same time you want it to be aspirational and you want it to be that bit of like escapism or you know when you're looking at um you know Pinterest or Instagram or like you like looking at things that kind of just yeah perk you up a little bit yeah, yeah a little bit different to kind of like your day-to-day life maybe and kind of give you that kind of idea for different things but so we yeah we kind of put in um, a lot of um, stuff like you know how to sleep better um, you know exercise motivation recipes that were kind of comfort food just loads of things that we thought would kind of maybe apply to people's lives right now and then also the usual kind of celebrity content that is just fun but again when you're interviewing someone now there's first of all nothing to talk about anymore because yeah. no one's lives like are... it was okay the first maybe six months <laughs> yeah. but like now now it's like okay well yeah so we're all in the same boat with Netflix yeah you know it's it's one of those things but then it kind of makes you realise that no matter who you are or what you do for a job like you might be a TV presenter whatever like everyone is in the same boat and you know feels the same way at the moment and that that I think everyone is more relatable now actually yes. because you kind of just realise that everyone really is the same yeah um so yeah and and in terms of so you obviously cover like a lot of celebrity work yeah in terms of celebrity like celebrities and who you choose how do you decide like your four photo shoots in a Mm -hmm. month how do you decide like who to pick yeah well there's you know we always put the kind of household names on the cover so like you'll you'll always see you know Catherine Thomas or Mary McCallaghan or you know women like that that kind of are the kind of front and center Irish female celebrities uh, and then just in terms of the other shoots you know it's people that have maybe something coming up that they need to you know start talking about and getting some promotion going so they might have a new show coming out and that's why they'll be more likely to do the the shoot um, and then it just is people that maybe have an interesting story to tell um, you know that but it, it will kind of generally circle around again to something that they are working on so for example uh, Sheila uh, we, we've worked with her loads of times but this time we talked to her because she has a documentary coming out about uh, miscarriage and her own experience and other women's experiences and you know so we'll kind of base the interview and photo shoot around the documentary she's coming out and also talk about you know her cancer diagnosis 10 years ago and all other kind of aspects of her yeah, life yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah a lot, sometimes we'll just you know pick someone out of just having followed them on Instagram or on... Yeah, and you just, you do a bit of research. Yeah, like I, I might see someone and I think, um, we should really, you know, we should really do a shoot with this person. They, they're they're amazing. Like, you know, I, I was following uh, Hazel Shoe, the Dublin mayor for um, a while on Twitter and social media and I just thought, we, oh, we have to do a shoot with her. her. Oh, oh, she's amazing. God, she's and so amazing. we did a shoot with her in the in the man- uh, mansion house and um, yeah, she's just so cool and so inspirational. And so, yeah, you'll just kind of, Keep your finger on the pulse and see who's kind of, you know, making waves, uh, who people are interested in, who might have some kind of interesting story to tell and also what kind of shows are coming out that they might want to promote and be likely to give their time for, you know, shooting an interview. Yeah. And as, as a journalist, do you feel that, so obviously the UK um, journalists and yeah. they're all, they're getting an, an awful, an awful. Yeah, deservedly. They're yeah, deservedly. Very scummy. Very, very yeah. like vicious in how they work. Do you feel that we, that as a journalist in mm-hmm. Ireland, they're, we it's run differently here? I do, you know, and especially I think for us, there's never any kind of like cattiness or any kind of, you know, it's not really, it's not a gossip magazine because, you know, these are repeat customers in a way. Like we work with them, you know, continuously like for, you know, we've been around for years. VIP has been around for years and years. And these are people that we work with time and time again. So you couldn't ever, you know, make disparaging comments about 
people or, you know, have kind of this gossipy kind of tone because yeah. they wouldn't want to work with you again. We so. don't really have that type of magazine in no, Ireland. We don't. Like, you know, we don't have like Closer or Heat or any of those kind of magazines. That no, poke, any of those are... Fun at, you know, a woman... Um, after gaining weight or anything like that I don't think there is that um, culture really here like the newspapers the tabloids I mean you're always going to get you know a tabloid-esque kind of story yeah but um, I think there's a there's just a little bit more respect maybe uh, yeah just because I was thinking about it it was was just funny because like obviously Megan and Harry's interview would come out and then it was all about you know like I've just been reading online so much about like how um, like English and the UK tabloids Mm -hmm. are are allowed to Mm to kind of operate mm-hmm. and the stories and how they kind of just make up a load of shite as well. Mm. And then I knew I was interviewing you yeah. today and I in my head I was like, God, isn't that funny just how that, that worked yeah. out? And I, I want I wondered what your thoughts were on it mm. as well. And and actually while we're on the subject, what are your thoughts on the whole Megan and Harry? Well I have to I was hooked to that interview. Yeah. I thought Oprah was amazing like I actually want to get were you silent or were you silenced oh on yeah a on a t-shirt yeah, that's, I just think that's I think yeah the, the line of like uh, or on a mug or something yeah just, uh, just taking this up your iconic your she really is so she she kind of killed it I think and she was uh you know she asked all the questions that everyone kind of wanted to be answered um I think yeah I, I just the whole thing is a circus really isn't it it's you know, I saw an article last night then again, it was like, oh, who's um, Megan's first husband? And it's still dragging up dirt about her. And it's like, just let it lie. Yeah. You know, like, Jesus. you know, it's... it's I a, just don't understand what's to gain. Yeah. You I, know, like we all love a bit of gossip, right? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, it's human nature. It's human nature. We're all a bit nosy. We want to know a little bit more. But I think there's a turn, mm. there's a turn in the in the tide. Is that yeah. even a saying? Did I just C- make up? I Listen, if you listen back <laughs> to this, these episodes, I make up love sense. But <laughs> there's, yeah, um, there's a real turn in the way I think people one what they want to read or what they want to absorb or all a little bit more conscious this obviously that you know one to ten percent of people Mm. that just want the bad yeah I think you know but you know even if you look at you know that Britney Spears documentary recently like I think a lot of you know the time maybe before it was just mindless kind of entertainment and people weren't really considering the human impact on the celebrity so they were you know laughing about Britney Spears having her you know shaving her head and everything not actually realizing well why is she doing that you know or you know, looking at these articles about Megan and Kate falling out and all these th- horrible, you know, racist articles about yeah, Megan and yeah. just kind of not, you know, thinking, how is this affecting that person? Because they are people. Like, they're not just these, you know, f- fantasy people, like, you know, yeah, figures yeah. that are just, like, existing in this fantasy land. They're, like, they're still going to have mental health. And, you know, that's what Megan was obviously talking about with um, feeling suicidal. And I think that's when it really just comes to a point where it's like okay you have a moral obligation to not report these kind of stories when it's clearly like driving someone to nearly kill themselves like yeah. you can't or report them and put a sp- put the spin on it off her mental health like put that in the yeah. in the you know as in it doesn't mm. have to be that she's a horrific person yeah um you know i i think funny enough just all on the on the topic i me and my boyfriend we were talking this morning about it because mm-hmm. I actually live under a bit of a rock at times <laughs> and I didn't see the Pierce Morgan leaving the, oh, yeah. you know, accident oh. stage left and all that. But anyway, I said to him and he said, you know, Pierce Morgan was going on about how, um, oh, but it's OK. She can say that people are bullying her, but the alle- allegations against her as a bully mm. aren't, you know, are being fobbed off. And I was like, yeah, but here's the difference. We know now that she was suffering. Mm-hmm. And when you're suffering, that 
potentially, you know, the abuse becomes the abuser in a yeah, sense of. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if that was all just, you know. Oh, tactics. and false. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. To like, you know, diffuse the situation on their side and to yeah. distract and to, you know, kind of put the change the narrative. You know, there's. 100 percent. And, and, and I, that's, that was the thing I was saying, like. There's that and then there's... But let's just say it was true. The point of the matter is, is this is a person suffering. Yeah. And when you're suffering, you're not yourself. Mm-hmm. So are we... Like, are we just not... A, like, the... the I feel like the English media, like no one's allowed, they're not allowing anyone to make any mistakes. No. No one is allowed to, to put a foot wrong. No, and that's trying, that's kind of like... Gen, like, that's um, very much seen in our culture today in that you aren't able to really make a mistake and then just kind of come back from it there's you know obviously everyone knows about cancel culture and if you put a foot wrong you're suddenly just dead in the water but sometimes it's I don't agree with pylons but I think you know it's good that there's uh, accountability as well 100% you know like with, yeah, with social media now like you know you, you, people can speak out about experiences that they've had that they might not have had a platform to do so on before and you know kind of have a voice um, and hold certain people accountable but also I don't really like the pylon that you can see. Yeah. And like, yeah, I just think it's it's a bit much. Like what you're saying, these are all people. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the nice thing about VIP. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always, you never pick it up, but it's always a positive, like, what's going on here? That's what we like to do. We like to kind of just kind of, you know, make the reader kind of feel happy after reading it because, you know, you kind of, I don't, reading that kind of mindless celebrity kind of like mean gossip it just makes you feel a bit icky like yeah I think now we're all, anyway we're all I think, a bit over it now yeah, yeah exactly and I mean you know but as I said back in the Britney days you had like Perez Hilton and all those kind of you know articles that I, I, I just personally now if I read you know kind of invasive articles like that I'm just a bit like uh, yeah know. and especially as a journalist you're like I know what you're up to here <laughs> <laughs> you read it even and from then, a different that, though, as, like I do still love my you know celebrity gossip in, in in the sense that like Army Hammer for example what's been going on with him I'm yes. I'm like enwrapped with that I just think that's an insane story so like you know with, with certain celebrity stories I will kind of have a real interest in it but with, yeah. with women I feel like it always gets the unfair end of the stick and I just think those kind of articles now I have no interest in whatsoever yeah 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 I, I agree I agree and then VIP has seen increased sales since mm. COVID. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, just that we honestly didn't um, know how people were going to, you know, receive the magazine when, once we were in lockdown because we were like, well, will they bother going into the shops to buy it? Or, you know, like we just didn't know how it was going to do. Scary time. I was scared. I, yeah, was, I, yeah. I mean, everyone is. And, you know, everyone, I think, has gone through uh, worry about their job um, in the last year. And I'm really grateful that we are still, you know, still going and still going strong. So, uh, yeah, we just we've noticed that the the sales have been actually really, yeah, really such good. such a great story. Like as yeah. we're talking about like things being more positive, mm-hmm. that was one of the things I wanted to highlight in this episode because it is a bit when you talk about COVID it's a bit, you know, a lot yeah. of people have lost their jobs. And, and it's horrible. Really, yeah. really horrible for some people. Um, and will continue to be for a little while longer, yeah. I think. But it is it is a nice positive that, yeah. um, you know, that what you guys are doing is obviously bringing people some optimism, some, you know, aspiring content and it's doing really well. So, yeah, amazing. I hope so anyway. I mean, you know, you still are conscious that, and you know things could change you're you're never complacent I think you kind of still want to continue 
to do whatever you can to keep those sales going because it is tricky you know you're in a, a time where social media and articles online and there's so much digital content that print is you know it's it's a tricky um landscape to kind of navigate now because it's just there's so many other options out there that people kind of will get their entertainment from but yeah. so yeah you never kind of get yeah you never get complacent you just want to keep the momentum going yeah and that's what we're going to keep doing and hopefully the sales will continue to and after well. this episode, everyone's going to go out and buy <laughs> VIP. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, because I always did wonder that as well, like when things went from digital to print mm. and and all of that. And as well, like with digital, then it, they're like that clickbait, you mm-hmm. know, and the headlines and how do you get it right and navigate. Mm. It's it's a like being a, a, in part of a magazine now, is it's a very tough job. And like yeah. you're saying, you have to keep it going. And you yeah. have to keep the ideas fresh yeah. and innovative. But also I think that there's a place for both so that there's, you know, and they can coexist really well. Um, like, so, you know, our online team do great uh, content on the website and our social media as well. And I actually really love um, getting content from um, the internet. And I, you know, will read lots of articles uh, from online sites and, and things like that. But I also think that there's a place for when you want to physically pick up a copy of a magazine, have a cup of tea and just like switch off from the screen. And I think that's been a really... Um, kind of alluring part of why people pick up magazines at the minute. It's just to switch off from all the, you know, the news, the, the constant like WhatsApp messages being like, oh, just did you see that we're in this till May? Just kind of put all the noise away and sit down and just kind of turn off for an hour. Yeah, now that to me, a cup of tea and <laughs> magazine. Chocolate as well, down, And chocolate as yeah. well, yeah, yeah, of course. What's your go-to chocolate? Oh, uh, do you know what? I have so many. Yeah. <laughs> Little have the best chocolate, I think, in my opinion. They have this... The dark um, chocolate? No, they have a fair trade one that has like salted caramel almonds and um something. And yes. it's like a giant block of dime bar. And yeah. the white chocolate with hazelnuts as well. I I've had that as well. Literally dunk into a cup of tea and then just devour the whole I thing. I know, I know. I'm such, I've such a sweet too. Yeah, like, it's my downfall. We, I just bought a house and like we have one press like that's completely full and it's the chocolate press. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. A whole sec. We don't awful. have that many that, that much uh, kitchen space in our cupboards, and yet one whole quarter is dedicated to just sweets <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like crap. crap. I know it's terrible, isn't it? So, um. We've obviously talked and we've delved into a little bit mm-hmm. of you and your role in VIP and magazines, but you as a as a as a person <laughs> outside of VIP exists as well. And you have an incredible blog, which I'm going to tell people to really go and, oh, and I love it. Look, I also love the way you've got it laid out. Really, yeah, it's beautiful. I just did it as a kind of honest to god as a hobby during lockdown last year. Yeah, I was like, do you know what? Because I feel like a lot of the times, um, you know, people seem to like want to monetize their hobbies, but I just wanted one for fun. Like just, I write about things that are, you know, very much for work. And then I wanted a little space in the internet just to put my own little ramblings onto it. That's yeah, all it is really it's, to it's me. brilliant though. Thanks. I love it. And it's so funny since doing the podcast. So I never was a person that really went and read blogs, mm. but since meeting different people and especially the women on the podcast yeah. who have blogs, I, I'm so into them now. <laughs> um, I love That's them. Great. And yeah, it's brilliant. So I do, I will, will put in the show notes where to oh, get your, your you. blog. But you have a really interesting piece on your blog and I think with everything about, and again, it's just, you know, really coincidental. Yeah. But with everything in the news about like, like women and women's safety and relationships and men and just the whole, mm-hmm. you know, just that whole topic yeah. that we could, you know, do a whole yeah. a whole series on really. Um, but you have a really interesting piece on on your blog about, you know, even if you're in, if even if it's a pandemic, mm-hmm. but you're in a bad relationship, 
leave. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that piece. So yeah, we were talking about my career and how everything started going great for me when I moved to Dublin and began a VIP. And even though that was such an exciting time for me, it also was a really painful time because I had met someone not long after I started the job. I think it was actually around the same time. And, you know, it was that thing that I know now is love bombing. So it was like, you know, there's no no one else like you. There's, you know, you're amazing. All these like gifts, everything that made me just fall head over heels for this person. Love bombing. Yeah. Interesting. I've never heard Yeah, that. it's just, it's such an overwhelming kind of, um, uh, you know, just completely and utterly making you feel like you're just amazing just amazing and the only one just don't have any interest in anyone else just you and you kind of then instantly trust them and feel like they're a really good person and that you are going to be really loved by them and all that kind of stuff but uh, yeah just down the line you know I kind of noticed he was um, you know being probably unfaithful and then gaslighting me about that and then you know, this kind of thing. And it just was this really toxic situation where I felt anxious all the time, you know, just never felt secure at all. And I was with him for two and a half years. But even during that time, I'd say we broke up about four or five times because he would constantly tell me that, you know, he loved me. But then out of nowhere, he would just tell me that he didn't love me. And I'd go off and I'd try and recover from it. And then as soon as I had moved on, I do love you. And it was just this constant push and pull of my emotions that I honestly felt like I was going crazy and yet I couldn't seem to get away from it and it was taking over I was meant to be doing this amazing job going out and interviewing like Colin Farrell and Will Farrell on the red carpet and all this like fun stuff that I was getting up to for my career but personal life I was like crumbling because this person was just you know totally and utterly um just breaking me down you know and I remember one time I had moved on and um, I went to a festival with my friend and we were having a great time. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm on the up Feeling now, better, getting yeah. out of that situation. And uh, we put a picture up on Instagram and he'd seen it. And it was a picture of us with a few guys that we'd met at the festival we were having fun with. Uh, just a group photo of us all like at the um, Electric Picnic uh, sign. And suddenly I looked at my uh, phone later on that evening and I had all these emails from him and saying, you know, oh, I want you back and I'm, I love you, all the, all this kind of stuff again. And I was like, oh, my God, not not again, you know. And yeah. I, I didn't reply and I didn't want to see him. And yet when I got home from the festival, he was outside my door, you know. So it was kind of like forced, yeah. forced um, kind of contact. And yeah, just it was really just painful. And like there's way more to it, but I, I just I won't even bother going into it. But it was just a really um, uh, damaging kind of relationship. You know, you feel like you're not lovable when someone constantly tells you that they don't love you and then you just don't feel like maybe, I don't know, that uh, you're worth better because yeah. they constantly make you feel, you know, there was all these little comments that were made as well, like just, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but just little things that chipped away at my self-confidence and my self-esteem. And I think I just kind of got into the idea that, oh, you know, I, I can't I can't leave now because I've put so much effort into it to keep it going and I don't want to get out of it now and, and be on my own again. And I just, yeah, really was in that kind of cycle of thinking. But then he actually ended up breaking up at me over a Facebook message after two and a half years or whatever it was. And I kind of think at that point, I was like, you know what, I'm really and truly done now. And then I, yeah, moved forward. Um, unfortunately, though, I ended up meeting someone else that I, you know, similarly um, wasn't, didn't treat me well and... Um, you know, brought me down. If I, you know, for example, I remember um, I was 
covering the royal visit of Harry and Meghan, actually, oh, funnily enough. Funny enough. And yeah. Um, yeah, when they came to Dublin and I had been asked by um, this very senior looking man, would I cover uh, their visit to the Epic Museum? So it was just me and one other journalist that was asked to go down into the Epic Museum with Harry and Meghan and the tour guide and basically take notes um, of what they were saying and how their actions were and everything and then go back up and type up an article and send it to all the journalists in Ireland. I was like, okay, this is massive. Like, yeah, I'm not, brilliant. I'm not really into the royal family, really, but like, th- it was big. Yeah, and you were asked. I told him, and he, yeah. And he, I, I told him, and he just replied, "I don't get why everyone's so obsessed with the royal family." And you know, it was this kind of thing. It was just <sighs> yeah. constant, like there was no support, no like feeling of like I and cared really about what's meant, what's important to you. It's not that it's Meghan and Harry. Yeah, it's that but it's, you're a journalist. Uh, yeah. trying to make it in this massive industry. Yeah, you've been given a great opportunity. Just say fucking well done. <laughs> it's not that hard. Do you know what I mean? Just say that's great. That's, that's it. great. But it was just constantly, you know, there was, uh, you know, you text and you didn't get a text back the next day. Constant sense of unease. Constant sense of like, oh, what is this? What am I doing? Yeah, and you never, you're, you're never quite like relaxed at all. Yeah, and your previous relationship, yeah. you probably brought, you know, massive insecurities from that relationship Absolutely. into this. And anyway. I told him about it, and he still continued to do all these. Yeah, but some people then play on yeah, your insecurities, exactly. and they they get a kick out of it I, for whatever I, reason. I, yeah, I, absolutely. But and then you know when when that kind of finished, I just had to say, you know what, I'm going to have a look at this because this pattern can't continue. And I think for a lot of women, unfortunately, they do fall into that pattern of just choosing people that are not good enough for them, that make them feel less than good enough and, yeah. you know, just settling. For I was going to say, you said something really interesting um, when you when you were talking about the first relationship mm-hmm. and you said, you know, I was thinking I've put all this time in. Yeah. I've put all this effort in. Mm-hmm. I have to try and make it work. I think that's a real common, common I do too. thought. I do too. That we feel like, ah, but Jesus, like yeah. you can't, or even if it's, I don't know if it's a generational thing or whatever it is, I know you have to make it work. Yeah. Like you have to just give it a go and really like some things just aren't meant to be. I, I honestly think that if you are in that pattern of thinking, you have to just shake yourself and say, you have one life. Do you really want to spend that one life not happy? Yeah. You know, do you really want to actually waste your time by being unhappy? That's Miserable, just it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so, but I, I just, I knew that, you know, there was obviously a pattern there and I just needed to kind of just be by myself. So I did that and I was, you know, by myself. I lived by myself. Uh, I was living in an apartment in Smithfield at the time and it was great. Uh, I actually didn't mind being by myself in the end, you know. And yeah, that's what yeah. the biggest lesson I think I've ever learned is it's, you know, worse to be in bad company than it is to be alone. 100%. You know, and like it, being single was nothing to be scared about in the end or being on my own was nothing to be scared about. It was, it was, it was being with someone that was just enjoying almost taking me down and bringing me down all the time that was actually the killer so yeah I, I kind of was enjoying being single and you know went out with my friends and just enjoyed myself and it was that cliche that once I kind of was happy by myself and wasn't looking to meet someone and all that stuff that I met someone and now I'm you know together with him and he's incredible and treats me like a queen so I just yeah so they like it does exist because I, I, I think when you're in it and especially when you've had two relationships in a row yeah like that you you feel like well this is just men yeah and that's not the case no it's it, not because it's actually people mm-hmm. there's bad men and there's bad women yeah you know what I mean yeah. like they exist in the world unfortunately but I think it's just um because I think you know, you, you said something actually, and I before we move on, I just want to. You, you said something about him like arriving at your door. Yeah. 
imagine if you flipped that on its head mm-hmm. and you were doing that to him. Yeah. Imagine what you'd be called. I know. You'd be crazy. Yeah. You'd be oh, mental. He sent, he sent me pictures of him crying as well to try and get me to feel sorry for him to answer. You know, that's kind of uh, double standards that we're working with here. But also, yeah. I think with that kind of... Um, behaviour as well like I obviously I didn't get more serious than that for me in the sense that it was just trying to manipulate me to get back with him but like it is really worrying that there are you know men out there that will kind of take that further and obviously there are so many women living in relationships that are more than just you know that kind of emotional torture it's it's obviously gets physical and all that and yeah and and there's a massive increase in it since covid yeah like it's i think it's It's like 80 percent and you know it's not as easy to say to these women just leave oh no no, you know that's 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 that's, it's so tricky and it's it's a horrible situation to be in but you know there obviously is help out there for for those women and um anyone that's you know in the relationship that is after kind of going over that, that kind of line for me it was more so just i you know was just so miserable um, because I just didn't feel loved and I knew I had so much love in me to give and I just wanted it back and I just he would give me those little like nuggets of love and then just I would finally relax and then take it away and I was just it was such a confusing time and I think that kind of gaslighting kind of behaviour of muddling up your brain is really dangerous really dangerous like um, you were you were in the best job yeah, ever and, I, and from the outside that looks like oh, she's yeah. got it all yeah. she's got it all and it's not the case and I think that's why I wanted to talk about it today because when I read your um your blog and I seen the piece I said you know what mm. fair fucking play to her for sharing <laughs> because so many people are afraid to share mm. um, and I, I say it all the time like a problem shared is a problem half in yeah. the sense of it might help you or it's helping the person yeah. that's listening well actually we talked about um, uh, your friend Caroline Foran who I interviewed recently and she talked all about the importance of being vulnerable and I agree with that a thousand percent because yeah. I just don't I, th- I think you know being vulnerable actually helps you with so many things it can you know open up so many doors to you um, it can bring you such happiness, like if you actually allow yourself to be vulnerable and kind of really show who you are to someone. You know, that, for example, with my boyfriend, like we, I was so vulnerable with him and it led to us having this amazing relationship now because I, I at first I was like, oh, I don't know, is he just putting a nice guy act or is he going to, you know, I didn't really know how to feel about how lovely he was because he was so lovely that I was thinking ah, it's just the same as the kind of, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, it's a pattern. But then, uh, you know, within time I realised, oh, this is actually genuine. And there are people out there that are genuine and are, you know, worthy of your love. And that if you just, you know, just get yourself out of the bad situation, fi- find your own confidence and your own self-esteem and get that up back up again. And, you know, you will find someone that treats you with respect and treats you the way you're supposed to be and the way you deserve to be. Yeah, and it's a real, it's a real cliche Yeah, and when I say this. <laughs> And I, I, I cringe sometimes when I say these <laughs> cliches, but it, I actually do really believe like you have to love yourself. Oh, no, it's not a cliche. It's first. the truth. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally Because I didn't for so long. I was such a, um, even before, I think this maybe is because of what, you know, the relationship is maybe down to this. But, you know, I was not the kind of person that I am now when I was younger. Like I was the most insecure person you'll ever meet like you would not believe when you see me going out to interview celebrities or whatever that when I was in school a teacher actually called me back and asked me why I couldn't make eye contact with anyone because I was just a little self you know I had no self-esteem I was a little mess and um, I'd blush if anyone talked to me I would um, you know when I was walking home from uh, school in the evenings I'd walk a different route 
that was hidden by trees so that all the boys in CBS didn't see me because I felt so like I just felt so embarrassed and uncomfortable in my own skin all the time um and yeah I just I feel like I didn't really have that kind of self-love for a lot a long time um and I was very anxious and all these things and I think just time and you know getting a little bit older and having that little bit more life experience like I'm only 30 this year I sound like I'm Oh, I'm, like I'm, I'm 29 this year and yeah. I do sound like an L <laughs> your grand. But, you know, just but having a little, you know, bit more life experience, I think, and just put myself in situations that are out of my comfort zone and forcing myself to kind of have these experiences that I kind of didn't think I was capable of and then I w- would be capable of. It would give me that confidence, you know, because I just decided I was sick of being that person that I was letting life pass me by because I was just, you know, so uh, just hard on myself and so, you know, just... In my yeah, head all the time. on yourself, yeah. And so hard on myself, yeah. So I just thought, you know what? I don't want to be this person that looks back and regrets not putting myself forward for these opportunities because I don't think I'm, you know... Worthy of yeah. it. Or, yeah, and I just, I just wanted to be more confident. So I started just to put myself out there and go for things, even though I didn't necessarily you know, feel like it came naturally to me. It's like what you said, even applying for the job. Yeah. You were like, you know, there is that like, and especially a lot of people are probably applying for jobs at the minute. And there is that thing of like, well, will I bother? Because I'm not worthy of that job. But it might not be that job, but you did get something from it. So, And I ended up writing for Seller as well a little bit, like on the side, which is like, you know, I always love Seller. And I used, for a while, I was writing loads of different features for Seller, which was amazing. So, you know, yeah. it always can happen another one way or another. It's just, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't put yourself out there first. And yeah. I think in Ireland, I was talking about this recently, actually. I feel like in Ireland, especially maybe if you come from a small town, it's seen to be embarrassing if you put yourself out there or if you like, you know, you're cringy if you if you try to be yeah, someone. Scarlet for you yeah. or whatever. Yeah, in, yeah, in Wexford, yeah. you're taken. You're uh, taken. Don't, don't ask Wexford. Oh, right, uh, okay. Wexfordisms are, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I just think, yeah, it seems to be that you are thought of having notions if you want to yeah. succeed in a certain career like if in the media obviously you have to put yourself out there and so you're kind of more visible and in that way you might be seen as you know oh yeah like you know, I, love it yourself I, but I, I do I such agree a weird weird thought process and you wouldn't see it in other countries no and it should be it should be that you empower people who do that because it's like when I started the podcast I remember being like is this like am I carrying on here like, who do I think I am starting a podcast? Like, because essentially, you know, on social media, like most people who have podcasts um, have a platform pre-podcast. Yeah. You know, and I, I, don't, I didn't and I still don't. Um, and yet it's doing really well. And I, great. And I think sometimes like we have to allow ourselves to like, I do come in sometimes and I'm like, Jan, what am I doing? Like, you know, this is, is this good? Like what is, yeah. like and I'm re- you really question yourself. And look, that's natural and that's always going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I do agree that we in Ireland, we have this culture where we're like, yeah, you're one. Yeah. And How it's like, she think she is? just let people live their lives, do whatever they want. You do you, they do them. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Well, I, do you know, what? I, I have this real thing when I start to, cause I'm, I'm a, you know, and actually Caroline talks about a lot about, um, you know, comparison mm. and comparing. And it's like, you know, the thief of all joy. Yeah. Diana. And I really, when I start to do that, I just keep saying, stay in your lane. Mm. I honestly, I say that to myself, stay in your lane. Yeah. Like you do you yeah. and then whatever is happening. And now obviously it's not every day that's a, 
you know that feeling changes but I I really try mm-hmm. um especially with the likes of the podcast yeah um so can I ask you when you wrote that piece what brought you to to doing that because obviously that was a, a few years ago like, yeah what what was it, that um, it was actually Valentine's Day and I kind of I know of other you know maybe friends that have gone through uh breakups or you know different situations romantically or they've had some similar kind of experiences and you know Valentine's Day is just like putting the image of a perfect relationship down everyone's neck and I kind of thought you know what um I know I'm happy now but I just want people to know that you know that wasn't always the case that I actually went through hell with my previous relationships and that's probably the case for a lot of people and it's okay that you know if you're in that relationship now you know don't look at these other couples that are madly in love and think oh I, I don't have that you can have that if you just you know choose you yeah yeah, put you first and just to kind of I don't know I I, I did I just wasn't really thinking about um what I would achieve but I suppose if I wanted it to achieve anything it was just to show someone uh that it can get better it will get better if you just literally find that strength inside yourself to say I haven't I haven't got any more time for this person that is just draining me because toxic people just utterly drain you deplete you and you know life is too uh, precious for yeah that. yeah I think COVID is hard as that as well yeah. that like we don't know what's around the corner like in some I know you know people are saying like why did this happen to me in my 20s I know and all of this you know <laughs> or, or like my 18th my 21st yeah, yeah. 30th whatever it might be um, but that actually is really that it should be a lesson to all of us yeah. that and, and it, it, again it was one of the reasons why I decided to do do this why yeah. I have plans for and and you know exactly what you're saying with relationships if you're in a bad one like life is so so it can be so short and you yeah. don't know what's around the corner and um and it was a it was a great piece that you wrote um it was a really I read it and I was like do you know what because Hallmark days for me um Mm. They, they they give me a little bit of anxiety in the yeah. sense of because it's not always happy for everyone I know same with and Mother's Day coming up now you exactly, know exactly exactly and I actually said that I was talking on an Instagram post the other day because I was talking about um the sponsor that we have for the podcast and the um what do you call it um Kira Darcy who was on you know their Mother's Day vouchers and stuff that they were doing but I said but also I know that it's a really difficult time for some people yeah. your moms might not be here so treat yourself yeah and always giving that nod to to someone who this day might not be for you know that way like yeah. I I hated Christmas I, really? I, I grew up hating Christmas um I remember actually telling Dan that and he thought I was like the Grinch um <laughs> but I love it now because I have I have a child and yes. she changed all of that for me but pre-Avery like I hated it I hated the run-up to it my sister still hates it and I'm always really conscious now of like you know some people don't have what others have or yeah. or, or the, the day is not the same so I I I suppose like go you for for being in a re- in a happy relationship but still ex- you know accepting and understanding that not everybody is yeah, on that and, like, day. Yeah. I was kind of conscious of, you know, saying something because I just I, I you know, I didn't want to, uh, to put my current boyfriend out by talking about previous <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's so comfortable in everything that he just is like he encourages me. He's like Go for it, talk and about it. And that's what it should be. That's what it should like be. Like when we and talk that, about that text, just congratulate yeah. me, just be oh, happy Oh, listen, me. I talk to him about things, you know, relating to my work and the poor chap, I can see his eyes wanting to glaze over, but he still yeah, gains interest trying. in yeah, me yeah. talking about the latest lipstick or whatever. Or like, you know, that's what you need. I think you need a support system and you need someone that, you know, builds you up rather than bring, brings you down. And that's just, 
Yeah, it, bring, it applies to everyone in your life, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, um, you know, a, a friend, a family member. If if they're if they're on, only bringing negativity to your life, like just just yeah. don't put up with it. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely, I'll put the link in for where you can find that um, blog because it's brilliant if, if anyone needs some motivation. <laughs> um, and then you, a nice segue into what I wanted to ask yes. you because um, obviously it's the beauty of Truth Podcast. Yes. And I come from a beauty background. So whenever I have the opportunity to pick brains mm-hmm. as a beauty editor so mm-hmm. that is a job that that's a job that I want I know that's I, a I, job I that I, I want uh, move over Neve <laughs> and sorry um who's your boss who, Bianca Bianca yeah hire me <laughs> uh, no but honestly that's a that's a savage job to I have. know honestly so many women would kill for that role I, I actually remember back when I was talking about the Echo, the newspaper, I remember because I was trying to incorporate the bits magazine bits into it, and yeah. I remember a pharmacy uh, next door to the office um, offered me uh, some uh, makeup, mineral makeup, to write about for the the paper. And I remember they gave me some samples, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh yeah, not like free samples. No, but I, I just couldn't believe that I was getting to write about you know makeup, and because I, I my relationship with makeup is so funny, and I've just in, when I look back is what I mean how I started out with makeup and. Like uh, Pansick, Barry M, blue, Barry M, green, yeah. pink. The um, Irish teacher used to actually go mad at me and tell me to go down to the bathroom and clean my eyes because I'd go into class with this big green glittery Barry M <laughs> eyeshadow. Pansick, uh, just really, like my mum used to say to me, Neve, you know, match your face and your neck. Oh yeah, but and it just wasn't the done thing, yeah, was it? Yeah, uh, you know, so I went from clueless. But then, you see, the thing about makeup for me was that, remember I talked about being so unconfident and so um, you know, shy and just felt really awkward all the time at school. But when I f- kind of learned how to apply makeup properly, the confidence that it gave me and the way it made me feel, like it just made me feel so good about myself, how I felt so put together and just, yeah, powerful. When yeah, you have, When yeah. you have your makeup done in a, in a way that you feel your best in, it does feel like 100%. you can kind of do anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And I yeah. don't care what that sounds well, no, like. No, 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 because I agree. Like, I actually, do you know what? There were some episodes of the podcast that, and I'm always really honest about all this sort of stuff, like where I came down in a tracksuit, mm-hmm. no makeup on, and afterwards I didn't get, I didn't feel like powerful, like yeah. it, in, like, you know, on my game. game. Yeah. So... I do. I completely mm-hmm. and utterly agree yeah. with that. What it gives you, and from that sense, it really does. It's just this. It's it's a psychological thing, you know. It kind of just it, it it yeah. It it is really does allow you to kind of just take the day by the reins and kind of just go for uh, whatever you need to achieve that day. Whereas if you just kind of mope around, like you know, everyone needs those days too. And believe me, I have those days where I literally just don't wear you know a scrap of makeup. And all that, you know, kind of thing. But I think you need those days too for just even your skin to I was recover. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're nice so don't days mind. for your skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, yeah. So I, I love makeup, love skincare. Um, and getting to write about it is just uh, pinch, So how does it work? Me. How does it work? Like, do you decide? Okay, so obviously now during COVID, yeah. you're focusing mainly on skincare and those sort yeah. of things. But in, in the general senses, mm-hmm. how do you decide, like, what I'm going to write about every week. Just, I obviously am, sorry. Yeah, I'm obviously lucky enough to get PR samples and um, try out new products. So I'll get new launches sent to try and I will honestly only feature what I liked. You know, there's a lot of stuff I got and I just that save a foundation that I found really cakey or um, skincare that I just thought kind of made me break out a little bit or whatever. I just, I, I, I wouldn't feature because I wouldn't be honest. But if I try out something and I think, 
I'm buying this. Whenever this runs out, I'm buying it. That I'll write about it. But um, yeah, so I kind of like to mix it up and um, you know write about, as I said, skincare, but also beauty, uh, makeup, and uh, I like to kind of have experts then kind of incorporate into the yeah, beauty brilliant. pages as well. Like if you know, um, like dermatologists, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> dermatologists um advice and and how to like maybe even at the moment like look after your skin properly when you're at home and you can't get into the salon for your usual facials um and yeah hair as well then we'll have um kind of you know the best health, healthy hair tools or um hair tips and maybe how to maintain a friend fringe or anything like that oh, so right, okay, it's just yeah. it's a really varied kind of um three pages that I run every month so and as you work in like you know you're writing all these pieces give me your top five products you can't live without top five okay um well every single morning I put my SPF on like without fail it's just oh, God, my... that's two episodes in a row now people buy oh, no. SPF no I'm no so no boring. no but it is no 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 Kira, Kira, uh Darcy the skin coach was on um the last episode and she is like it's SPF. Yeah. Like you got to get I never did it. I never wore it. And I, I, I kind of didn't really realise the benefits of wearing it even when, you know, it's not sunny out. Like I didn't realise it. And then I kind of have learned straight to the job how important it is. And actually, my boyfriend goes mad when I say SPF. He's like, it's sun cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. We, yeah, call, it we, we call it SPF because it sounds nice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I try to say, say to him. But yeah, so the image um, skincare. SPF has been my go-to for okay. years now. I love it. Um, it's just a really nice texture and it looks really good under makeup as well. So I love that. Um, I also love the Charlotte Tilbury um, flawless oh, filter. I mean, I've done like yeah, every episode. I'm sure it's the same in every episode. Oh God. Um, I, I love Charlotte Tilbury in general. Like, yeah, I, I love it as a brand as well. Everything she does is really just f- like it's perfect you know like I love uh, her new lip balms they're like a lip balm with colour yes Happy I Kiss. haven't I haven't gotten one they are fantastic like they really have such a colour but they're also really hydrating Um, and I love the Pillow Talk mascara as well I think interesting. that's interesting yeah I, I actually have seen mixed reviews about it but I like yeah, it yeah I don't like it but she's got good eyelashes you see I like the brush because it gives you a lot of control over okay. you know even like separating the lashes and kind of making them you know, just not clumped together. Like yeah. I feel like I like other mascaras like um Lash Paradise. I feel like that's really great for, you know, just building that kind of volume up. But I think that the kind of um brushes like um Pillow Talk is that it kind of just has that separate like fluffier kind of look. Okay. Um, is that what you've on you now? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I have on yeah, me now. Um, I really like in terms of eyeshadow, I actually really like the Urban Decay um uh, naked honey palette. I think that okay. for blue eyes it has really nice shades um, it's what I'm wearing today as well, and I kind of look gorgeous. Thanks. <laughs> I kind of like to lately um, do like instead of a full black liner, to do a kind of like gentle kind of liner, yeah, kind of lived in shadow, and that's what I think is great as well from um, thing apps like TikTok and so on. That they, there's loads of these new trends, yeah, that you kind of get to, to you know see, and yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like more kind of natural look makeup coming out which I really like like more subtle soft yeah, not so harsh very very skin skin brows still I think yeah but in terms of eye makeup I really like the kind of more soft kind of yeah 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 um, so that's three um, four I love Sculpted by Amy uh, Amy Connolly's makeup is yes. just brilliant just got and into it just got into you know, it because she's Irish as well I love the fact that you know it's an Irish woman with this incredible makeup range that I actually will buy time and time again. It's not just a case of, oh, you know, I'll just buy it because... Uh, yeah, to support. Yeah, or... I, I, I think it's better than 
big brands. Like I yeah, really do. Yeah. Her foundation, Second Skin, is just so gorgeous. It's the exact kind of uh, texture and um, consistency that I like. It kind of lets my freckles yeah, shine out a little through. bit, you know. And even her own makeup, like her her look that yeah, she does, is beautiful. That kind yeah. of really lovely soft blush, and that's um, what I'm wearing today. Her liquid blush, yeah, I it's gorgeous. It. And all of her um, lip pencil lipsticks are haven't brilliant. tried them okay they're so good the lip liner is just brilliant um yeah so i really like amy connelly and i think as well um what else do i like oh in terms of blush actually i really prefer cream kind of blush yeah same yeah cream or liquid, or liquid blush yeah. um and it, same with them um, contour too i don't really like using powder for either contour or blush and i just think again it's the kind of dewy look that i like to go for okay so for uh Blush, I really like Glossier uh, Cloud Paint. Love. I think that is just love, the most love, gorgeous love. product. And it also has so many different colours that you can kind of, you know, experiment with. Yeah. Um, and for contour, Lancome actually have these really great foundation sticks. But if you get it in the shade that you, you know, think will work best for your contour, I think they're brilliant for just kind of buffing out that really natural contour without... Right. Yeah, I feel like powder, yeah, yeah. powder for me just doesn't work. It okay. makes me look really... Uh, you feel a bit chalky or clown makeup yeah yeah, um, yeah. you like it really subtle yeah because yeah. uh, MAC do a um, a foundation sick yeah and I would never have used it as foundation I didn't like it as foundation I can say that now because I don't work for them um, <laughs> but I, I didn't like it as an overall foundation but it is so beautiful as a contour yeah. if you get the right colour. That's it. Um, yeah, really, really But I gorgeous. love that as well. I, I love kind of getting products that maybe not aren't necessarily designed for that specific use and using it in a different way. So like if I have a contour, or sorry, bronzer that I wouldn't use on my face, I will use it as an eyeshadow. And like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I think that bronzer shades are always really gorgeous, especially with blue eyes. They really kind of have that Yeah, because they've got that warm tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all, like at, at the minute... Um, it's something I always do and it's actually something every time I sit down to Caroline's makeup for a shoe or actually even for when I did Caroline's makeup for the VIP yeah. shoot like I remember sitting down like she always goes to me yeah like I just want that and she points at my eye and I'm like that's bronzer with a blush or brush Caroline <laughs> you're not having that you're better than that today <laughs> um, but I think for a day to day really natural like yeah. I literally every time I'm doing like a little bit of bronzer I just with my like with my powder brush like literally yeah from the eye outwards the simplest so most simple effective and look. I, listen I have a two year old who's absolutely <laughs> off the walls I don't have time um, <laughs> no but I don't really spend that much time I don't face. think a lot of people do when you're when you're working and but in general I, yeah. like, I actually the kind of makeup I like I, I actually saw um, Roz Purcell I really like the way she does her makeup as well I saw her putting up a tutorial recently on her Instagram and oh I, interesting I was, I I was yeah she, she was just um, using like she would use a lot of kind of natural makeup and stuff like that but I think um, her, her kind of vibe of just like using your fingers and like just doing it kind of quickly that's what I kind of do and I actually you know I'll use a brush um, if I'm kind of going somewhere that I want to make a little bit more yeah, effort like, I'm yeah. fancy when I use my brushes yeah yeah I feel a little bit fancier and like Sarah Keery has amazing brushes and yeah I just think that kind of is something I'll do if I'm you know going the extra effort but if I'm just doing a kind of just you know day to day kind of look I'll do it quickly and I'll just do it in a way that's like you know um, the second or the sculpted by Amy uh, face primer is really good as well. It's yes, like a spray. I use that. So yeah, I yeah. use that, and then you know, just concealer. Um, it cosmetics concealer is just. Do you know something unbelievable? I've never tried it cosmetics. Isn't that <gasps> terrible? Oh, you have. To. I know. No, I you know. Have to. I've never tried it. I'd be totally honest. It is. I've never tried it. That concealer, honestly, I've it heard will... about the. Um, is it the tinted moisturizer? Yeah, CC or... cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. But the concealer, honestly, like I actually have very naturally 
uh, dark under eye circles and there's nothing I can do about it. I've tried all the creams. I've, you know, it's genetic. Yeah, it's genetic. Yeah. And, and that's it. Um, people, yeah. So that concealer, like literally dab it onto my ring finger and I look like I'm Bones after up. getting 12 hours sleep. It's great. Oh, well, I, I mean, ever, <laughs> anyone else a child now? This has gone straight to the website. No, it is. It's really, really good. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so second skin foundation and then just like, as I said, the kind of liquid um, blushes and stuff like that. Some brown kind of eyeshadow mascara done, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I like for my brows just to use a kind of soap, as I said soap earlier. Brows. Soap yeah, brows. Yeah, Because I just think that's such an easy look that kind of lifts your face. Yes. And the same with blush. I think it's learning now in, everyone wants to lift their face so not to do the circle apple of your cheeks yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. and to actually put it up you know, a little bit lifted yeah exactly so um, I think people have kind of figured fi- oh we're figured ever out. evolving with makeup oh we are we? we're, we're like apes that turn into these you know, yeah. amazing humans in terms oh of the I'm world. an absolute catfish when I, like I'd say people are like my Scott keeps laughing because um, I use LinkedIn a lot for work mm-hmm. and my LinkedIn picture it's actually on my website it's um, like it's my headshot that I got done yeah like, like two or three years ago it's like people are only getting back to you on LinkedIn because they think you look like that I'm like you're so Stop. mean Stop <laughs> um, You look but gorgeous true, true So what is with everything now going forward with COVID now what's next for Niamh? What's next? Well I think just to focus on what I've been doing which is you know the magazine has given me such a structure if I didn't have that job I would be honestly oh, losing the plot Losing the plot, like living in the same tracksuit on the sofa. I'd literally be like, you know, Homer Simpson, he has the groove in the oh, sofa. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. That would be me. But yeah, the job gives me structure and I'm really grateful for it. So I'm going to keep on plugging through with that. We have, you know, some exciting things coming up. We have some um, kind of um, supplements that we work on. We've had a few before, VIP homes, VIP food. Oh, VIP so, homes? Yeah, yeah I know. VIP See, everyone's obsessed that. with the interiors now, you know. Yeah, it's all about the interiors. Yeah. Just That's, bought a house. It's the only uh, thing I look up now. I'm so jealous. But we just obviously started renting the new house and trim. So like yeah. I've been f- absolutely flat out looking at oh, anything and everything. Oh, I'm absolute. not buying clothes anymore. No. It, do you know what? That is it. I've been looking up yeah. house bits all day, every day. Um, so yeah, we um, just have just those kind of exciting things to look forward to uh, putting together. Um, and just continue doing what we can to make a magazine that is, yeah, works through <laughs> all of this. That is, uh, yeah, popular during such a tough time for people because it kind of feels like in a way it's the magazine is like the one thing that is hasn't changed for me yeah. since the pandemic because you know everything else has changed like I didn't live with Connor until lockdown he moved in with me just because we came back from a weekend in Kerry and suddenly it was lockdown and he just moved in with me because his parents are high risk and he didn't end up going home yeah and then yeah. we ended up obviously moving into trim together uh we got a puppy we rescued uh, a puppy That's from right, yeah. a place called milo's uh, rescue mission and adopt don't shop by the way um love big, that. big on that like big on that but yeah so like everything has changed for me in the sense that you know i have a whole different life now than i did last year but the magazine is the one constant so yeah just to focus on making that continue to be the best kind of issue that we can deliver every month and yeah amazing everyone's keep scribbling away my blog gonna go, everyone's gonna go and buy it now I hope so um, and then where can anyone who's listened to the episode where can they find you find me yes find so you I am on the huge in trim <laughs> in trim yes um, no I am on Instagram oh my god I need to get my handle now uh, I actually should know this shouldn't I 
Is that something? Yeah, no, because you know what? Like, I actually oh, yeah. question, yeah, second guess mine all the time. Yeah, so you can get me on Instagram at Neve underscore Devro. So my surname is such a tricky one. Like, it's French and... I had to add, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually dyslexic and I was like, damn, how do I pronounce oh, that? I have had the every single, like, pronunciation under the sun. Yeah, Devrix, yeah. Devro, like, just, <laughs> but it's D-E-V-E-R-E-U-X. Brilliant. And then I'm on Twitter as well. Let me just get the handle. I really should know these things. Um, I actually love tweeting. I feel like... I don't... Do you know I have Twitter? I never use it. Oh, I love Twitter. Okay, so maybe... For some reason, there's this Murray Murray uh, tweet index thing that like analyzes uh, tweets from people in the media. Okay. And for some reason, I was voted like number two in the beauty... Oh, no way! Yeah, but I don't tweet about beauty. I tweet about like... Netflix and uh, like, pasta. Like, like, I just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really weird, but I do. I love Twitter. Yep, take, um, take it where you can get it. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I'm on Twitter at um, at underscore nevedev underscore. So yeah, brilliant. And blog, blog is nevedevro.com. So I called brilliant. it um, yet another blog because I kind of felt like when I was setting it up, I was like, oh yeah, another blog on the internet. But it actually is found on nevedevro.com. So okay, yeah, brilliant. That's great, Neve. Thank you so much for joining me today such an interesting episode we covered so much um, we really did <laughs> yeah we really did but thank you so much I really oh, appreciate you. you taking the time to come in and chat to me oh, honestly I enjoyed it so much thank you and I will be buying all the VIPs another customer will yay <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode guys if you've been affected by anything discussed in this episode you can reach out for support at www.womensaid.ie And if you are loving this podcast, you can find us on Instagram at the Beauty of Truth podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and see you in the next episode.